Welcome. You are listening to The Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm your host, Meryl Arnett, and my passion is making meditation accessible and enjoyable. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a guided meditation. If you would like to access these meditation practices as standalone audio files for your daily practice, please subscribe to my newsletter at merylarnett.com. It's free and you'll receive a new mini meditation each week, along with behind the scenes content and bonus material for each podcast episode. All right, let's grab a cup of tea, a comfy seat, and settle in for today's practice. All right, so we are moving along in our journey of the tenets of mindful living, um, which are also known as observances, like things that we observe within ourselves. Uh, And in Sanskrit, they're called the niyamas. And we have worked our way through purification or decluttering, as I call it, contentment. And today we are moving into a tenant called self-study or self-curiosity, perhaps. And it's interesting, actually, if you go to original texts, like if you dive into the Yoga Sutra, it doesn't say a ton. And what it does say, actually, is super specific that self-study is done through the practice of mantra and or by reading sacred texts. That's it. And the reason behind that, the or at least the reasoning offered, I should say, is that those practices, mantra and reading sacred text, were considered to be the practices that let you tap into a connection to the divine. And really specifically in the lens that this was offered, that connection to the divine is the divine inside. So it's not some external God figure. It is the divinity that each of us carries inside our own being. If we look at that through a mindful living lens, it's really easy to sort of see that this is almost an innate natural progression of a meditation practice you almost have to actively try not to study yourself (laughs) in meditation, right? We sit down, we close our eyes, we get quiet, and we start to notice all these thoughts we have or all these feelings. And, you know, in the most simple terms, we might start to realize things like, man, every time I meditate, I'm obsessively planning the next 24 hours of my day. This is straight out of my mind. That's what I do when I meditate. I obsessively plan the next 24 hours of my day, even if I've already done that a hundred times, even if I already have the whole day planned out and written down in my planner and I know it's happening, that's still what I do. And so this practice of self-study is starting to really see the identities that we have created for ourselves, the beliefs we carry about ourselves, and the stories we tell about ourselves. Over the weekend, I was in the car with my daughter, Maple, and she says from the backseat, Mom, what were you before you were a mom? 
And it took me a couple questions. Like I had to sort of dig into what I was like, I don't know. Does she want me to say like I was a kid? I, I, I couldn't quite figure out what she was asking. And what she was asking me was, what was my job before I was a mom? And I thought it was so interesting that at four already asking about your job is asking who you are, right? Like that identity is so ingrained in our understanding of who we are as people. And this tenant of self-study is essentially asking the same question, who are you before you are a blank? Who are you before you are a profession? Who are you before you are a partner or not partner? Who are you before you are a active political person or anti-politics? Who are you before? Before your belief that you're type A or a total procrastinator, obsessively on time or always late, somebody who fights, somebody who runs, Who are we before all of those identities? You know how you go on a road trip from Atlanta to the beach, it's like six-ish hours, roughly, right? And you hop on 85, 75, driving down. And, you know, it doesn't take long before that first bug splatters on the windshield. And you see that first one, right? You're like, oh, giant bug dead on my windshield. And then you drive the six hours and you get to the beach and you get out of the car and you're so happy to stretch your legs and you like turn around and the sun glints off your windshield and you see the 85,000 bugs crusting the front of your car. And you saw that first one, but you missed the subsequent 80,000, right? They're just there and we don't even see them. We're just looking through the windshield. So meditation, the act of self-study within meditation is the act of going, let's look at this bug here. And then let's look at this one. And then this one. And then this one. So that we start to see all of the things that cover or shield or rest on our eyes as we take in the world around us. All of the ways that we construe our identity, our ego, you know, the little I self, all of the ways that we have built the stories around who we are. And it was, you know, even in that story with my daughter, like the minute I figured out what she was asking, I like, I had all of this like I'm trying to impart really complex thoughts about motherhood and identity and work to a four-year-old. And she like literally wanted to know that I taught yoga before I was a mom, which is what I did. But I was like, that my identity is like, that's not the answer I give. We're going to sit down and have a whole conversation around it, right? And that is a lens that I see the world through. That's an identity to look at. And so what we do in this practice is we're simply curious. It is not a practice of fixing ourselves. It is not a practice of fixing ourselves. We are not here to decimate our identities. 
We're not here to beat ourselves up about it, to judge or shame ourselves for who we are or aren't and what we believe and don't believe. This tenet is deeply interwoven with self-compassion. We're here to see, to name, to reclaim all of the pieces of ourselves, especially the pieces that we try to disown. I bet you all have heard this saying before, but you know how one of those wise, horrid sayings out there is about the person who most annoys you? And the saying is like, whatever it is in that person that drives you insane, you possess the same quality, right? It's so horrible when you hear that. You're like, oh. And so rather than go, oh, I don't, I don't want that. This, this is the opportunity to go. So where does that show up? Or where do, where do I cram it down and not let it show up? Why am I so resistant to it? It was, you know, last week, um, I interviewed an author for the podcast. It's not coming out to like late June, early July. And he's written a book on some pretty heady teachings within Buddhism, right? Like there's some pretty deep teachings specifically around like formlessness and identity and no thing. It's a lot. It asks your mind to really sort of go out there. So I read the book and we're having this conversation and I told the author this, I'm reading the book. And at one point he's giving an example from his life. So a very personal story from his life. And as I read the story, instantaneously, I make a snap judgment about this person's life. I have no, I, to this day, I actually have no idea if that judgment is true or false, but I immediately make a judgment because I perceived that I could not do the thing that he just said he did. And I had a whole list of reasons why, and a whole list of reasons why he could do that and I couldn't do that. And it felt defensive and judgy a little bit and certainly made up. And I'm like watching all of this happen in my brain as I read three sentences in a book. And I said to him, I was like, it was so interesting to have that experience because I was like really aware that this is the whole practice is it's not shame on me for making a snap judgment. It, you know, it's, that's so like, what, it, what was I feeling that I had to defend? Where's the truth in that? Where's the fallacy in that? And what do I really like? How do I want to move? How do I want to show up? How do I want to engage in the conversation? How do I want to treat myself in the moment? And all of those questions, all of that realization, this is the tenet of self-study. It's not that I can't think that. It's not that I have to do more meditation so I don't think that. It's that I'm exercising this muscle of being curious, right? And, and my invitation would be actually the stronger your responses, the stronger your belief, your judgment, your you know understanding of something is, the more I would invite you to be curious about it. 
right? Because the harder we're leaning in, the more there's something for us to defend there. And so we can be curious about why, why do I feel that that's so important to me? What does it say about who I am or what I believe about myself? And I'll offer that I think there are two really important components to the practice of self-study, aside from meditating, obviously. And the first of those is it's really important that this practice happens within community. And I get that that's maybe a little counterintuitive since it's called self-study, but the truth is without somebody reflecting back at us, it's really hard to see ourselves, especially the pieces of ourselves that we've spent a lifetime disowning. And when we engage in community that is doing similar exploration, that is similarly curious, and we hear insights or stories, they inspire insights in ourselves, right? It's like, so like you might not care about the question my daughter asked, but I wonder if hearing that story triggers something in you and you're like, oh yeah, I had a similar experience or a very different experience. Something else came up for me. But those interactions and discussions between people doing similar sort of awakening work, curious work, it helps us to go further. And it, I think, can help, it reminds us to keep asking questions. Do you ever have somebody tell you a story about like, I don't know, I had a dream about blah, 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 and it made me think this, and now I'm sort of paying attention to this thing in my life. And you're like, oh, what it, What am I dreaming about? Like, should I be doing that? And then we pay attention to our dreams a little bit, right? Or somebody reads a book and they're like, it was amazing. And you go pick up the book and read it. This is a way that we start to open into that practice of self-study. And then the other piece I would add is I will bring in sacred text just as the original teachings did. And, and that could mean actual sacred texts, like texts that were written within a wisdom tradition. You name the one, it could be any of them. But it also, I think, is any book that makes you question that makes you wonder or be curious. What we're looking to do in this tenant of mindful living is engage our curiosity muscle. That's it. So when we see something that we don't understand or something that catches our attention and we're not sure why, we don't just keep walking. We go like, oh, why did I react that way? Why did I feel X or think this or you name the why? And as we start to just be with those questions, we start to unfold little layers of ourselves. And then we get to decide like that story I tell about being an obsessive planner. 
that is one way that I remind myself, man, I'm on top of things. I'm so organized. I'm, I'm not dropping a ball. Don't you worry about it. I am good. Right. And that's, it's an easy way to uphold my identity. And the minute I start to say like, I don't really do that anymore. Right. I don't, I don't worry so much, sometimes a little bit, but I don't worry so much about the plans, but then that changes a little bit of who I am. The real answer to my daughter's question was my first career was restaurant PR. That was my first career out of college was restaurant PR. And I did it for just under 10 years before I quit to be a full-time yoga teacher. And let me tell you, anybody who has quit a profession to go do another profession has suffered an identity crisis. You're like, who am I if I'm not that person anymore? Who am I that is not using the college degree for the thing I said I was going to do? Right? So interesting. But those are the questions that we want to be asking ourselves. Who am I if I'm not this? So let's ask that question as we practice together, yeah? Okay, shake around a little bit. Let all that go. Lots of thoughts, lots of ideas. And you will move around. You'll find yourself in a comfortable seat. You might turn your video off if you choose. You can definitely leave it on, whatever feels comfortable. And you're gonna take all the time you need to get your get yourself in a space that feels safe and supportive. Getting any props that you need. And as you land in a position that feels right for you this evening, and you'll let your arms rest comfortably. Perhaps you'll choose to close your eyes. And if that doesn't feel quite right, you can always take a soft gaze down towards the ground. And we give ourselves enough time to let go of everything that's already happened. We give ourselves enough time just to land right here in our bodies, in this circle. And then together as a group, we'll take a deep breath in through the nose. Exhale a sigh out of the mouth. And we'll do that again, inhaling deeply. Exhale a sigh out of the mouth. And allowing your breath just to flow naturally. And silently saying to yourself, now is my time to meditate. 
Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words, you might remember that all that sentence means is let yourself be here. Let go of all the things you've already done. Let go of all the things you have yet to do. And for a moment, just bring all of your awareness down to the seat you rest on. chair, the cushion, the earth. And perhaps you'll find that there are ways you can sit even more. All those subtle ways that we prepare for the next thing. try to just let them go here. Relaxing along your hips and your thighs. Just very gently feeling up the length of your spine. Letting the right side and the left side of the spine feel equal and balanced. And let the front side and the back side of the spine feel equal and balanced. As we sit and we breathe, perhaps you'll feel or imagine that you could pull your senses inward. That you could turn your gaze inward and your hearing. You could pull sense, the sense of smell and taste inward. The sense of touch or feeling inward. Feeling as if you settled inside your own personal meditation hut. And inside this space, you feel your forehead smooth and broaden. And you let go of the space behind the forehead. So 
softening the skin around the eyes and the space behind the eyes. Letting go of the jaw and creating space inside the mouth. Softening across your shoulder. And feeling down your upper arms, your lower arms, and breathing in and out through the fingertips for a moment. Softening the muscles in the chest. Letting go of the muscles in the belly. And then feeling your body breathe. Simply feeling the body breathing in and the body breathing out. And in a moment, we'll settle into 10 minutes of silence. And as we do so, all these other things happen. We'll think thoughts, maybe dream daydreams. Maybe we'll feel relaxed or uncomfortable. And whatever it is that shows up for you, practice just being curious about it. It doesn't have to be right or wrong or good or bad. It doesn't say anything about who you are. So we could just say, look at that thought. How interesting. Look at that story. How interesting. 
and then we come back to feel this next breath move through our body. We stay curious about the distractions. We return again and again to the breath and the body. And in this way, we connect with our own luminous nature, our own connection to the divine. In this breath and this one, we'll sit now in silence.
and feeling your breath flow here. Noticing the thought, the story, the feeling moving through you in this moment. gradually deepening your breath a bit. Straightening your spine if you've slumped over at all. Wiggling your fingers, your toes, finding those edges once again. Together as a group, we'll take a deep inhale in. And a full exhale out. Taking all the time you need to let go of your practice, to blink your eyes open. And as we wrap up today, I'll just add perhaps that I think journaling is the third vital component to self-study. So at the end of your practice, take two to five minutes Write down what you thought about or what you felt or what happened or what you daydreamed about and let that be the starting point of curiosity for you. Thank you guys. I look forward to continuing the series next week. Thanks for listening to The Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps others to find the show. And let's face it, we could definitely use more meditators in this world. The Mindful Minute is recorded on Muskogee land and produced with the support of Madeline Day Production Management and Brianna Nielsen Virtual Assistance. To join my live classes, ask questions, or learn more about my teacher trainings, please visit merylarnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you guys next week.